Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory comes with his third installment of his Power Pack series entitled Out of the Grave. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go to the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Talking about out of the grave. And in our intro, of course, we've said that no one wants to live near a grave or do anything associated with them. Is that an accurate statement, right? If it was the most beautiful house you've ever seen, but if it was built near a grave, would you buy it? Why not? Why, why not? The boogeyman is in the grave, right? Somebody's going to come out of the grave and come into your home and so forth. For, for a lot of reasons, and the natural, graves have a negative connotation. And so the thing I just want to continue to remind us is that Jesus is not in a grave. I need a little better amen than that today, right? And the scripture reminds us it's because he lives that we live. Right, And so he's alive today, living his life through us. And grave, by definition, is an excavation made in the earth uh, in which to bury a dead body. And so there are two points we've been focusing on. And one is being dead to sin, and the other is being alive to God. And so you really want to die to something and come alive to something else. You don't want to just die to something and not replace it with something better. You want to die to something and then come alive to something else. So let's read our opening text. Romans 3, 4 says, And do you not know, New King James Version, that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Baptismo is the word there. Baptizo is the word there. So we know we're talking about symbolism. And so when we uh, go through water baptism, it is very symbolic of what this week represents, right? The death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, symbolically, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we're going to look at that today, even so, we should also walk in newness of life. Now, we define walk as to live in or to order our steps around, and newness was the key word there. Newness there means a renewal or the act of renewing. And so when we die to something, again, we have to renew ourselves to something else, right? So if I'm going to die to sickness, how I many I have to renew myself to health? Which means I can't believe for healing and I keep doing the things that made me sick. Right? Or I can't believe for health is a better way to say that, and I keep doing things that make me sick. Right? So I have to renew. Right? If you think about renew, how I many you know that means I need new information? So if I'm trying to die to something, I have to, the reason I have to die to that is because I thought that way, and that's what made me do that. Right? And so now I have to die to that thinking, right? that mindset, and then renew myself into a new mindset in order to become something different. All right, has that been clear to everyone over the last three weeks? So it's just not automatic. Think, people think because I come to church, then these things will automatically happen. No, if you don't do the work and put the time in and learn and renew your mind and go through that renovation, I mean, you can be saved for 30 years and the needle has not moved one ounce. And in church, I'm talking about singing, serving. Come on, somebody. 
doing a whole lot and the needle has not moved, not because good information wasn't being shared. People weren't taking the information, personalizing, renewing their mind, acting on it, becoming obedient, obedient so it could be true in their lives. So, so in reality, we've become, as a church, professional churchgoers instead of professional transformers. And how many know there's a difference, right? And so people will say, I know that, I heard that already, but it doesn't matter if it's not true in your life. If you haven't manifested, it doesn't matter if you've heard it, it doesn't matter. It, none, none of that matters until it becomes a reality in your life. All right? And so I'm working on something today, all right? So point number one was Jesus' death was perfect. It cannot be more perfect than what it already was. Uh, point number two, he made us perfectly holy. Somebody uh, look at your neighbor and say, boy, you, holiness looks so good on you. All right? And, and so, so remember, you cannot perfect perfection. So let's stop working to be something he's already made us. On the inside, the work becomes the renewal of our mind so that what's on the inside looks the same way on the outside. And, and we marry those together. And it's a lifetime, right? That'll take a lifetime for us to, to get there. And we set a lot of information up underneath there. Let's look at point number three today. Let's go straight to that. And let's look at bury to be raised up. And we're going to read Romans 6, 1 through 4 out of the New King James Version. And then we'll get into it for today. Bury to be raised up. Bury to be raised up. Bury to be raised up. So the only reason he was buried was to be raised up. Right? Only reason we die to something is to be raised up to something greater. All right? And so, so the, the, the trick of the devil is to make you think what you have is better than what God can give you. That's a real trick of the enemy. What I have is that, and, and so we won't ever know until we die to it and renew ourselves and say, I'm getting ready to be raised up into something far greater than what I wanted for myself, all right? So, so let's get into this. What shall we say then? Verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Somebody answer that question for me. <laughs> Certainly not, right? Right? So shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? See, that attitude says God covered it, so I'm good. 1 John 1, 9 allows me to do whatever I want to do Whatever I want to do it, that's not what this is saying, is it? Right? So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in grace that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So I'm just sharing it to you from God's perspective. So in his mind, the death, burial, and resurrection killed sin in your life. And you died to it at salvation. So, so my question, what keeps it alive? I don't everybody answer that at the same time. But what keeps it alive? Hmm? Okay, all right. All of those are great answers. So certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Minister Johnny, could you do me a favor? I want you to just be a dead man for a moment. Just lay right there on the floor. Right here on the floor. Just dead. You're just dead. 
Yeah, just dead. Out. Now, stand up, Diane. Now, Diane is beautiful, and you know she's beautiful to him because he married her. Now, I'm going to just show you the difference between a dead man and a man who's alive. A man that's dead to sin, a beautiful woman can walk by, and he's not going to flinch. <laughs> Go ahead and walk all around him. Walk all around him. Look at the dead man. He don't even notice that. See, look at the dead man. And now, because he's alive to Christ, right? But when, when, when that's not present, even though he's down, but if his flesh is still alive, watch how he acts now when she walks around him. Now his flesh is still alive. Go ahead and walk around him. Oh, silky, silky now. Oh, what's your, what your name is, right? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Excellent. Come on, can we give both of them a big round of applause, right? And so, believe it or not, every day you have to consider yourself dead to the areas of your life that give you challenges. And how many know my area is not your area? And your area is not your neighbor's area. But, but look at them and tell them, but you know you. And if every day you don't die to that, right? Because from God's perspective, he's saying, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know? So you see, here's the real answer. People who do that don't know. So, so the answer is right here in the text. So when you see people acting a way that God delivered them from, they have not gone through the renewal process. Do you not know that as many as us were baptized into Jesus Christ, uh, were baptized into his death? See, see, they didn't get that revelation. Therefore, we were buried with him, buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So you'll see this language all throughout Scripture, right? So, so notice, I die to something while at the same time becoming something else. So, so I don't actually, on the day that I die to something, fully become everything that I can be. Remember, sanctification is a threefold process, right? It's a process. It's past, present, and future. So I spend my life renewing my mind so that I can become what he actually called me to be and live the life he designed for me to live. Is everybody clear on that? All right. So, so, so now, verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, or in like manner, we should walk in newness of life. So let's look at two points under here. Point A, raised from the dead. This was so, studying this was so much fun. By the glory of God. Raised from the dead. Something about that. By the glory of God. So let's look at two words here. Number one, by, the Greek word is this word dia. And it carries a multitude of meanings, but in this case it means by the means of or as a result of. So what we have up to this point is this. So what we've got so far is Christ was raised from the dead as a result of the glory of God. Okay? Look at this next one. Number two, glory is the Greek word doxa, D-O-X-A. And it means dignity, honor, 
praise and worship. So you put both of those together, and it means Jesus Christ was raised from the dead as a result of God's dignity, honor, praise, and worship. So if you're understanding this, the glory showed up. And the, the sound of praise and worship was so loud that the stone just rolled away. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this today. Which is why we have to go higher in our praise and worship. Because when we go higher in our praise and worship, he begins to roll the stones away in our lives. Come on, so that we can come out of those graves. Come on, somebody, and, come, and walk into this newness of life. One theologian said it this way. Jesus' death was so perfect and so complete and so fulfilling that God himself shouted, Amen! And the stone just rolled away. Can you imagine an amen so profound that it moved a stone that the strongest of men could not move? Let's look at this a little further. If you go back and look at verse 4, if you'll add the first part of that verse to that thinking, when we are baptized, we are attaching ourselves to the death of Jesus Christ. We're talking about water baptism. How many of y'all have never been water baptized? Raise your hand. Well, you'll have an opportunity next week, right? You can go to our website. If you've never been water baptized, what a great weekend to do that on. We're going to do that on Resurrection Weekend, okay? And so, so listen very carefully here. So we are attaching ourselves. So when we go down into that water, we don't understand. Symbolically, we are saying when he died, I died. Not physically, but to sin symbolically is what we're saying. So, so baptism then is a lot like a wedding ring. That's why I try to tell people, think about it and pray about it and study about it. Because if you don't understand what that ring represents and what you are staying, saying before God, see, we treat it so loosely today. I'll try it out. This ain't no trying it out. This is a covenant, man. Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Baptism is sim symbolic, watch this now, of washing away of our sins. It is also symbolic of a new way of life. See, we're saying to God and all the witnesses that when we went down into that water, we died with him. And when we come up all out of that water, we are coming out with a declaration. And I'm being raised to a newness of life. I'm not going back to where I came from. It's really what we're saying, right? And so it has been said that the baptism to the Christian faith is what the red wedding ring is to the marriage. It's a symbol. So like the wedding ring, baptism draws a mark or a line in the sand, right? So if you understand a wedding what you are literally, literally declaring to, that's why we say these vows to each other. What you're literally saying to these, this person is, basically, if I can just simplify it, I'm turning my player card in. <laughs> Never to be used ever again. No, no men said amen. That's all, all I hear is, I hear squeaky, amen. Right? 
And what I'm declaring to her, just like water baptism, right, is that I'm dying to living for myself. And I'm renewing myself to live for you and for God for the rest of my life. Never ever to go back to where I came from. And the only thing that will separate us is till death do us part. Water baptism is just as symbolic. What you're saying before God and all these witnesses is that I'm not going back. The only thing that will ever, ever know, there is nothing that will ever, ever. I will just transition from this life to a life of eternity with you. Somebody say amen to that. So when we attach ourselves to Jesus, the same amen of God that raised Jesus from the dead is proclaimed over you. And he gives you the chance to walk in this newness of life. The only thing he gives us is an opportunity. Let's use the two, marriage and and, and water baptism. How many know it's not automatic that we're going to make it? Most don't make it. Right? And those that do, sometimes they live as roommates and not marriage partners. Right? So, so it's the same principle, right? So if we're going to make it all the way to the end until and, and death do us part, then she has to renew her mind and, and be what God wants her to be in this marriage. And I have to renew my mind to be what God wants me to be in this marriage. Watch this now. And as long as we're both individually pursuing that, then we keep growing closer together. You take either one, either side of that covenant, and one decides that I don't want to pursue it the way you want to pursue it, how many know it's getting ready to impact that relationship? Right? So all God gives us is an opportunity. If we won't put the work in of renewing, how many know we can be saved and live the same? Now, since that was like a, a God was saying, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, praise and worship. I feel like we just need a real healthy hallelujah in here right now. I, I mean a real healthy hallelujah right now. All right? So what does all of that mean to us today? Let's drop down to verse 12. We've already read verses 1 through 11 in Romans chapter 8. Let's drop down to verse 12, and I'm going to read it out of the, amp, uh, the Message Bible. I actually had the New King James Version up, and the Lord said, go look at that in the Message Bible. And I read this in the Message Bible, had never read it in the, what's that translation? What do you call that translation? The ghetto version of the Bible. Listen to this out of the Message Bible. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-to-yourself life one red cent? So in other words, folks, we are just strangers and pilgrims in this world. We're just passing through, but this is not our own, our home. So don't get so attached to it. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. 
man, this right here, he in my message. Isn't it? The message Bible is in my message today. Best thing you can do is give it a decent burial. How many of y'all know there's some areas of your life that need a real decent burial? How many of y'all willing to admit that? How many of y'all know there's some areas that just need a real decent burial in my life, right? And then notice what he said, and get on with your new life. Then God's spirit beckons or God's spirit leads. So what is God's spirit leading you to do in this, in this context? Give that old stuff a good burial, and let's get on with this new life that I have for you. Which means he's going to lead you to how to renew your mind out of what you just buried. If you will allow him to in this context. There are things to do and places to go. Come on, somebody, the Holy Spirit is telling you, man, I got, I got stuff for you to do. I got places for you to go. Come on, I got, I got stuff for you to get. I, got, I need you where I need you to be because I need you to bless so many more people than what you're currently blessing right now. So there are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expect, expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? Can you imagine waking up every single day? What's next, Papa? What are we going to do today? What do you have for me today? Where are we going today? What are we doing today? What's next, Papa? So God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance. See, y'all, daddy, oh, y'all missed that. Unbelievable means your mind can't even currently conceive what he's left for you. Well, sometimes I just wish I could peel the head open and just drop this in. Unbelievable means you currently can't even conceive everything that he's left for you. You know why? Because your thoughts are not his thoughts and your ways are not his ways. As far as the heaven is from the earth, it's his thoughts from yours and his ways from yours. Right? And so an unbelievable inheritance means that everything that you need, are you ready for this? Has already been left for you. So, so Minister David, the first question I want to know is why haven't I manifested it? Because it's according to knowledge. Right? Read First Peter, Second Peter, right? Well, what does it say? His grace and knowledge has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So our inheritance is in information. So we cannot inherit what we're not aware of. See? So, so, so think about it. If you were related to Bill Gates and he died... And he left a written will. I bet you read every word of it. <laughs> and I bet after you get done reading it, you'll send it to an attorney to read it again. And today you might even ask chat GPT. What do all these big words mean, right? I just, I'm trying to help you get it today. He left you way more than what you're walking in. 
and it's not on him. Father and children, and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. We go through the hard times with him. Then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. I don't know about you, but, but I don't even really appreciate the good times until I've gone through some, some hard times. Anybody else in here, right? All sun and no rain. How many of you know that's not a good situation right there? You really need the balance of sun and rain to get a good harvest. Is that right? And, and so if you're going through a good time right now, I just want to, or a hard time right now, I just want to encourage your heart. You know, hard times don't last. But the word of God does. Come on, and he's working it out right now while you're in here worshiping him. He's working it out for your good. Come on, ministering angels are out there on assignment right now, putting things together, talking to people, putting things in position to get you in the right place at the right time so that that hard time will turn into a good time for you. Now, Romans 8, 17 out of the New King James Version says this, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, Albert Barnes' commentary translates these phrases this way. And if children, so that means that we have been adopted into the family of God through our salvation. When we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives, then he adopted us into his family and we are now sons and daughters with all rights and privileges that Jesus has. Hard for us to get our mind around that. But again, see, I don't know if this is a good thing to use his name or not, but if Elon Musk adopted you, would you be concerned about a car to drive? Why not? Cars everywhere. Plethora. What you, what you want, a two-door coupe? What you want, a, a truck? You want a semi-truck? What you want, a Model S? You want a Y? What do you want, an X? How do you feel today? You want to go to, to the moon? I got a spaceship for you. And you know why we would believe that? Because we can see it. But remember, in the kingdom, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, y'all missed a good place right there, right? So, so in the world, you see it and you believe it. In the kingdom, you believe it and then you see it. Oh, let me, let me try this side of the room over here. See, so if we only stay in this natural realm, then we can only believe what we see, right? But in the kingdom, I got to believe it. And then I see it. See, can you see your inheritance? So now I got to go back to everything we've been sharing. I can't see it because I haven't been renewed to it. And if children, again, adopted into his family, then heirs. This phrase, then heirs, means that is he will treat us as sons and daughters, and, a, and an heir is one who succeeds to an estate. So once again, you know, my wife and I, we've set our kids up nice. Right? But guess what? It's not automatic. There are conditions. You ain't just giving it to them. 
if they've lived a certain way, hello, somebody, it releases over the course of time. Because how many know you don't, see, 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 if God gave you $1 million right now, what would you do? Some of y'all, we wouldn't see for a long time. Because you out on the boat. Come on, somebody. You fixing the house. You got to meet contractors. Come on, somebody. And so, so God knows you. Right? So, so I want you to think about an estate. He can only give you what you're ready to receive. So it's not on God, is it? He left everything at your disposal. Now, will you grow to the level to receive it? Will you meet the conditions? Will you do those things that are pleasing in his sight? As Minister Bernard said, will you take off your clothes and put on his clothes? Hmm? What are you willing to give up, right? What are you willing to die to so that you can become what he wants you to be? Heirs of God, Albert Barnes said, this expression means that we shall be partakers of that inheritance which God confers on his people. That inheritance is his favor here and eternal life hereafter. Right? And then in joint heirs with Christ means Christ is by eminence the son of God. As such, he is heir to the full honors on earth and glory of heaven. Christians are who are united to him enjoy the same benefits. I'm going to get ready to close right here for today. I went back and I looked at something. And uh, it was Layla Ali. Does anybody know who Layla Ali is? Layla Ali. And they're going to show a video because I know depending on your age, you're like, Layla Ali. Who is Layla Ali? So I'm just going to show you a video. But she is the daughter of arguably the greatest fighter of all time greatest boxer of all times and she was his daughter and they're going to run a video again if you're not familiar with her so you can see her and I went back and I listened to a interview uh, that she did after one of her fights and so uh, again Muhammad Ali is her father and she is his daughter and so she decided to take up boxing and so how many know as a kid you know watching her box I was like oh no don't you get into boxing I was thinking, no, right? And get that video for me. Now, I need them to see who she is. Yep, there you go. Thank you. All right, and so she decided to take up boxing, and her record was 24 and zero. She didn't lose one fight, but one of her fights was a rematch with a girl who almost beat her. She got knocked down. She had a cut over her face and a bloody nose. It looked like halfway through the fight, she was going to lose. But she came back and knocked the girl out and won the fight. The girl was bad. When the fight was over, they interviewed Layla, and they asked her this question. And again, this is why I transcribed it, because I didn't want to get any of this wrong. You looked like you were going to lose the fight. How were you able to come back? This is what Layla Ali said. She said, I watched my father fight. I watched my father beat Sonny Liston. I watched my father beat Joe Frazier. 
I watched my father beat George Foreman. And, all, and in all of those fights, I watched him. And when it looked like he was going to lose, I watched him come back. Then this is the part that blew me away. Then she said, when I was down on the ground after being knocked out, I thought about who my father was. I promise you, you just missed that. I promise you that just went over your head. She said while she was down on the ground, laying on her back, she said, I thought about who my father was. And so I have a question for you today. Do you know who your daddy is? Come on, this is not Maury Povich. This is not, I don't know who my father is. This is not, you're the father. You might be the father. You might be the father. The question today is, do you know who your daddy is? Because if you did, you would not stay knocked down. You would not stay on the ground. Come on, you would get up because you seen your daddy beat the devil's butt. You seen him take him and triumph over everything in it. You seen him snatch the keys of grave and, and hell. And then he said, I'm giving these keys to you. Walking around with all of this inheritance like we don't know who our daddy is. Walking around here with sickness and disease and struggling and going through because we don't know who our daddy is. She refused to stay on the ground. She said, because I watched my daddy look like he was going to lose. But then he came back, right? And in one context, he coined something called the rope-a-dope, where he just let George Foreman look like he was beaten, right? George hitting him with everything he got. And Muhammad Ali, is that all you got? Is that all you got? He just letting him hit it. And then finally, when he realized that Foreman was tired, he just started hitting him with blow after blow after blow after blow after blow. And that's how we got it. We have to be. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Nay, more than all things. I'm more than a conqueror who him, through him who strengthens me. Come on, somebody. Come on, God. God is on my side. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Sickness, you have to bow to the name of my daddy. Glory to God. Do you know who your daddy is? We live so far below we don't have a revelation who our daddy is. See, in the natural, what's being presented to me is too big in the natural. But I'm reminding myself of who my daddy is. And he wouldn't show it to us if we couldn't take it. Hallelujah. 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 H
I'm just going to stop right here for the day. You all get anything out of this today? Come on, ask your neighbor, do you know who your daddy is? Come on, ask your neighbor on the other side, do you know who your daddy is? Come on, turn around and ask somebody behind you, do you know? Don't look at me like that. Do you know who your daddy is? Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.